Welcome to the Positive View Podcast, the podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and endless opportunity to discover the positive view. I'm your host, Brianna G. And I'm your other host, Christy Murphy. Today we're discussing how to make friends and build relationships. Yep. But before that, uh, we are at the end of each episode, we set a mission for ourselves. And this week's mission was to set a complaint free zone for yourself and bring some awareness to where you complain or maybe where you tend to complain. Christy, how did that go for you? All right. So I did the um, wanting to bring awareness to where I was complaining. And I've got to say the old joke, am I breathing? You know, I'm (laughs) complaining, but it's actually, that's not as true, but I I just thought it was funny. And we said it in the pre-show. And so I I put it in here, (laughs) but I know that I complain mostly when I feel like I have no choice and I feel somehow trapped in a situation that I'm not willing to admit I've created because Mm. there's this weird feeling where I get that I think what's happening to me is somebody doing this to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just get lulled in this feeling that I don't have a choice in the matter that I just have to cope with it. And I will say with like family, family members, I mean, and I'm speaking for family members who have to cope with me, they might have to complain to each other to deal with the stress of knowing me. I'm, I'm sure that that is happening because <laughs> I could be a little much Brianna. I don't know if you've noticed. And I will say that I've had to do the same. So that part, I feel like that's more venting than complaining, but I have, I will say that when I've been like in a, like a relationship where I just can't seem to get the person to see my point of view when I'm feeling really disempowered, that's when I'm more likely to complain. And so my complain-free zone is probably going to go, I don't know. I haven't figured out where my complain-free zone is. Mm. I can't, because I'm I'm in the same space every day. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know if I could just, what, not complain in front of my computer? That's going to be terrible. What about the internet? Mm -hmm. Uh, Possibly what I'm getting, no, not what I'm getting my coffee. That's ridiculous. That's, (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to have to work on the complain-free zone. It's definitely not going to be the car either, Brianna. (laughs) It's sometimes just nice that you know yourself. (laughs) <laughs> I, oh, here we go. There'll be a there'll be a space in my garage. <laughs> I don't go there much. Yes, when you're out and talking to Fred, uh, no complaining. <laughs> yes, yeah, the stray cat Fred that likes to stay in our garage from time to time. Mm. I will not be complaining to Fred. Oh, I really appreciate that. I, I, this week, um, I think when you talked about feeling out of control or that you don't have, you know, when you're feeling the most complainy, uh, is when there's a sense of things happening around you or what feel like happening to you that you don't have a say in. And I think that really highlights, uh, something very similar for me and where I'm trying to take my complaint free zone is, um, at work, uh, particularly because right now I'm not really, I'm, I'm a, you know, a lady in a room alone most of the time, uh, outside of work. So there's not much to do, uh, from a complaint wise, uh, standpoint, but at work, um, you know, you and I outside of, Uh, the show have talked about has been very uh, stressful as I 
transition from that uh, assignment that I had back into my old role, but still have a fair amount of the other stuff to do still. Uh, and I was overwhelmed. And I think I was, I hope it wasn't complaining when we've talked about it, because it truly is just like I'm trying to work through what is happening here. And what I recognize for creating that complaint-free zone in that workspace is I have to identify, I have to be able to identify what emotions are behind what's happening. What I found this week was I was starting to get on the complain train, particularly on Friday. It just started like, it just kind of started and I recognized the sense of like I'm just overwhelmed and then I kind of dug a little deeper okay I'm overwhelmed and I'm actually frustrated because all of this stuff is going on around me and I have some and I have responsibility for it but I don't feel like I have power or authority you know to do something so I had to um I reached out for help uh, in the situation. And it was as if, as soon as I did that, as soon as I took it from just like kind of this complainy, icky, uh, lack of power sense to just outright saying, I am frustrated, I am angry, and I'm not sure what to do. Uh, or And I also said I was overwhelmed and stressed. Uh, and as soon as I took it from that to this is what's going on with me, got it out there. And then, you know, again, that sense of I was, you know, with another a coworker and able to kind of talk through it, all of that was able to dissipate and kind of drain out. And then I could, I could see a way forward. Now, the things that were causing the stress, uh, the anger, the frustration, they didn't go anywhere. But how I was looking at them and how I was uh, going to approach them did, and that just helped me immensely. Yes, and I think it's really cool that you would bring up having a relationship or talking with somebody as a way to help you out of complaining, because this week we're diving into how to make friends and build relationships. So Brianna, when I say make friends, build relationships, what does that mean to you? It is something that's never been very easy for me. Now, let me just clarify that. I It's not that I don't know how to make relationships because I absolutely do. It just, I'm not one of those people who's going to jump right in and just like, you know, tell you all about me and then like be up in your business and asking you about you. It definitely takes me a bit to kind of work through that. But to me, uh, building or excuse me, making friends and building relationships is, you know, it's getting that uh, getting your people like your your the people that are going to support you and who you in return support and it becomes this lovely uh, network, uh, essentially of um, I mean, friends, obviously, but just um, the relationships can be so encouraging, uh, helpful, supportive. And for me, I, I feel very strongly relationships should be reciprocal. So whatever I'm looking for in a friend or even like a work friend or you name it, whatever the relationship is, 
I definitely want to be giving uh, in, you know, reciprocally, I want to be, you know, giving whatever that individual is, uh, is, is sharing with me. Yes, I totally agree. It's interesting because I've gotten so much better at making friends and building relationships, although I have to confess and people, I've worked so hard on it that people think I'm better at it than I was initially. And also people think I'm more extroverted than I actually am. I do, I am a person who requires a large amount of alone time, which surprises people who know me. But it's like, well, when you know me, I'm with you, Mm -hmm. Uh, but you don't realize there's a whole universe of me that's not with you, that's by herself in a room and very good at it, which is why I'm uniquely dispositioned to thrive during this lockdown period. This is somewhat suited to me. It's a lot less stressful for me than other people. And I'll always acknowledge that because I do know some people are having a harder time with this. But I will say, when I think of how to make friends and build relationships, I automatically always think of my father. And when I was a kid, we had a bunch of people, and I just remembered they were British sailors that came over to our trailer because at the time my parents were saving for a house and we lived in a mobile home. And I just remember their accents is where I their first fell in love with guys with accents and they had hats. And I remember because <laughs> one of them left their hat. And as a kid, I just thought, well, my dad was in the military. They're in the military. That's how my dad knows them. That's mm-hmm. where he made all these friends. I mean, it wasn't just like a few guys. It was like a fleet of guys. <laughs> and then later I grew up and I thought to myself, no, wait a minute. My dad was in the Air Force during Vietnam. This was in like 1977 in Florida with the Her Majesty, the British Ark Royal. It, like I, I saw the hat that that has nothing to do with like the Air Force mm-hmm. in '64. You know, so I'm asking mom, like, mom, how did Dad know those guys? And my mom said to me, "Well, the ship came in to harbor and they had a tour, and you know your father." <laughs> and my dad was the kind of guy this was back when you were allowed to do this who would just dig a pit in the fire like to make a fire at the the beach grab a guitar and start singing songs and people would gather and he'd be thrown out and then it would be a party my dad could just make a party happen out of nowhere i on the other hand uh was afraid of fireworks loud noises people looking at my butt, just just random things. (laughs) And so for me, this was not something that I came to naturally. I came from a close family. I had people already. I didn't even know you were supposed to make friends when you went to school. It was terrible. And then I realized that there was this whole world out there that I was felt like I was giantly missing out on. And so I systematically decided I was going to, and I told my sister, there was one day when I was, I think, 19 or something like I was old Brianna where I decided or was it 17 when I started yeah no it was 17 when I started because I remember my senior year I was like this is the year I'm going to be normal I'm going to get a boyfriend I'm going to go places and um I just studied people who were good at making friends and my sister was like who did you study and I was like you and dad what are you thinking it's not (laughs) like I knew anybody (laughs) (laughs) She just started laughing because my sister also can make friends with anybody. So for me, it is a learned skill, but it can be learned and there's lots of tips for it. (laughs) 
I like that. I, I always appreciate uh, hearing your experiences and how you've just really actively gone to uh, learn the stuff that you're just, you don't feel like you, that you're, uh, sorry, I'm going to say this, but <laughs> that you're good at. <laughs> that you just went out and you're like, you know what? I want to do this and I'm going to learn how. I think I just, I really appreciate that. I, uh, you know, I think one of the things that was, that made it a little bit tough for me uh, as a kid was I'm an only child and I spent a lot of time with adults. So I, between like, obviously my mom or my grandparents, I was always, I was with adults more than I was with kids. And so I think that made it hard and that to say like, I didn't have friends because I certainly, uh, I certainly did and, and have, but I realized um that was a little bit of a challenge because I was expecting kids to behave like adults. And so that's kind of how I knew to interact and, and um, sometimes that would throw me. So I think uh, that in a sadly, or just naturally, I had a somewhat of a distrustful nature. <laughs> Cause you I know, really... I'm always looking for like, where's something going to go wrong? Uh, so it it takes a long it or it used to I'll say that it used to take a long time for me to kind of uh, warm up and really start to get to know someone and then feel like I was letting you know someone get to know me. I think with age, uh, I I feel like I make friends better now, you know. Uh, than I did as a kid, which I think is a little bit of a flip-flop. You know, usually when you get into your 30s, 40s, it gets a little bit harder. Um, but what I recognize now is just, there is just a, I really just want to know interesting people, I think. And that's what drives who I, you know, how I make friends or how I build relationships. And I think there's a difference, of course, you know, you have your friends, like your true friends, your group of people. And then there are um, those that you build relationships with for other reasons, whether they're coworkers or just acquaintances, whatever. Um, I feel like now as I'm older and I've done personal work to particularly as it comes, relates to, you know, understanding my self-worth and, and confidence, I feel like I am much more likely to kind of, um, I don't know, instigate is quite the right word, but I'm much more likely to reach out to someone to say, oh, here's someone, you know, that maybe they're kind of in my circle or I've been introduced to them in some way and they're really interesting and I'd like to get to know them better. I'm much better now at reaching out to make kind of that first, hey, you want to go for coffee, whatever. Uh, than I ever was before because I think before what was running through my head was usually like well why would that person want to know me so I think as I got more comfortable with myself and as I really again did that personal work uh, and really identified I want interesting people in my life um making friends and making those connections again whether they're personal professional just general acquaintances has become so much easier than it ever was when i was younger i agree and 
what I like, the, the thing that made it easier, the, the promise behind making friends is that you live a life where you have meaningful relationships, you have pleasant interactions, you have people you can lean on, you feel less lonely in the world. The problem sometimes could be the logistics on how it gets done, like just not knowing where to go anymore, because a lot of people who initially were very good at making friends, they relied on school. And there's something about going to an elementary school where you're all in the same class all day. You just sort of make friends. Or when you were a little kid, it literally was wait, that kid looks my age. You just go over to their lawn and be like, do you want to be friends? Mm -hmm. Just like, because the world was just a sea of adults and you were just looking for anyone who was not going to make you wait in line at a bank or whatever. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? It was just Unless terrible. you were me. <laughs> Let's go to the bank, like... Grandpa. <laughs> I was just trying to think of like, what errand was the worst? And for me, it was the bank because there was nothing there and they wouldn't let you swing on those ropes. Like they look like swingy and everybody gets mad at you. Um, but the problem is rejection and logistics a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time to realize that when I go somewhere to make friends, when I was younger, I should say it, when I go somewhere to make friends, they're not necessarily there to make friends with me, right? They're there mm -hmm. and they already know everyone, especially if you're coming into a community when you've moved or you're just trying to start anew or just decided, oh my God, I've been busy raising kids or busy with my husband or busy with my career. And I looked up and my close relationships have dwindled because they've been busy. And when I really look to reconnect with them, I mean, this has happened. Sometimes you just grow apart from friends you had and you're you know, elementary school days or your teens, like you mm -hmm. just, you're hanging out to them out of habit and you want to meet new people. And the thing I found, because, you know, I've moved some, several times and I've been in comedy and you just automatically have to meet new people, is a lot of people go somewhere and expect to make friends on day one. Mm. hour one minute one and they go there and they're like all oh, those people already know each other and they don't have any room and nobody's nobody's paying attention to you it's true the way you make friends is just like you made friends in the second grade they ended up making friends with you in the second grade because you showed up every day you're there all the time eventually somebody is going to talk to you and i think as grown-ups we forget that it's that sometimes you can make friends on your first shot. And some people are really good at that, but I don't think that they're out there listening to a podcast on how to make friends and build relationships. Right. Mm -hmm. I think they're just going throughout their day, being popular and enjoying life. However, if you're struggling to make friends, pick some place you want to go and go there several times, show your face a lot. And the thing that people never really talk about is that the rejection and the awkwardness of it can be very, very painful. Mm -hmm. And that them's the breaks. That's how it goes sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there is, you know, there is a way that you can, <laughs> that you can just practice that is, you know, even if it's, I agree with you, you can, you go and you, you keep showing up, um, just allowing people that opportunity to get to know you. And I also think that there is a way that you can practice at much lower stakes. And that's just interacting in these small ways if and when you're out in public. So one of the things that uh, like I just was um, 
uh, going through some stuff. And so I just felt like I was isolating and I wasn't really getting out into the world. And yes, I had my friends and, and, and that was good, but I just wasn't really connecting with anyone else. And so almost like I was trying to re-enter the world. And so I started by uh, talking to people on elevators, which is so funny because I also attribute that to, <laughs> um, I also attribute that to getting older because it was something like all of a sudden when my mom turned like 40 or 45, she just was talking to everybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is going on? And then I feel like I got to be in my late 30s uh, and then turn 40 and then all of a sudden I'm like talking to people in elevators and at the grocery store and I'm like oh my god <laughs> I'm my mother uh, which is great because it's it just really helps to it really helped me practice kind of putting myself out there to say hey how you doing or some I don't know elevator joke whatever uh and sometimes people were, were not into it, but more often than not, they were. And it was just this nice little quick connection that you make with another person. Maybe I'll see them tomorrow on the same elevator, maybe not. But it, it was it was practice and it it helped kind of like, oh, I like this. I like this connection. I like and I can make this, you know, just say something. And the other thing that that really helped with is... Um, helped me see how good it feels to connect with another person. And I know that sounds weird, but uh, again, similar to what you were talking about, I'm used to being by myself. I need, I too need downtime, like quiet, just down, like <laughs> not a lot going on. Um, and so sometimes I think I, I took that as I could never be kind of outgoing or um, I don't know. I, I I don't think I've ever, never not been personable, but you know, outgoing we'll say. Uh, and so practicing in that way, uh, just starting off saying hello, making a comment about the weather, whatever, all of that helps so that when I go to places as you were talking about, so when I go to certain events for groups that I work with or um, certain things where maybe a friend has invited me somewhere and I don't really know anybody but that one friend and obviously they can't spend their whole time with me. It just made getting into those situations easier and connecting with connecting with people easy, initially easier, which has led me to some really great friendships and relationships, which I'm really, really grateful for. Yes, I do agree that starting for me, the way I started even just talking to people in general, in general, because I was so shy, I was not shy at all with my family, but I was very, I was so shy that for a while, uh, they, there was a time they put me in the bilingual program in the third <laughs> grade for students who couldn't speak English. I only speak English, but I was vaguely brown and quiet and they were <laughs> racist. So... <laughs> you didn't notice this whole time that I'm writing in English and reading it. Okay. All mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm here anymore. And then of course my mom had to come in with her accent and that didn't help. So my white dad had to go in, um, <laughs> fix it all. But still it was the seventies. That's, that's how it was. I mm -hmm. guess. I don't know. They were in charge. I was just a kid, but I was that shy in school. Also not even realizing that um, I was supposed to be making friends. However, I did start small. 
I started with um, making eye contact with people. I started with a friendly nod. I started with a smile. And then I would start with uh, just general conversation. And I read in a book and it works tremendously well. If you want to learn how to be good at conversation, instead of just constantly worrying about looking stupid, which was my original way of doing it, that just mm -hmm. made it worse. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Or just worrying whether or not everybody liked you. Just it made you. It made everything more awkward. It just added to desperation. If you cue in on listening really closely, you can ask almost any question, and it's just basically. Or you hear people talking, and they talk like somebody says, "Oh, it's great weather we're having," and then the other person will say something like, "Oh, yeah, it's good for the plants." The way somebody responds to a question actually tells you a lot about them, and you could say something to them like, "Oh, plants. Are are you would do um." are you into gardening? And they're like, no, 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 I'm not into gardening, but I work at a nursery or, oh yeah, actually I am. And I do this. I remember once distinctly getting into a conversation with someone when I was working with our old boss, Ken, at a, you know, a conference or something. I had mm -hmm. to pass out the folders. And a guy that was talking to me every time he described where things were, because he was giving Ken directions, he kept using oh, that over there is by the blah, blah, blah pool, or this is by lake, whatever. Everything somehow related to like bodies of water, which was mm -hmm. so weird. And I was like, do you sail or do you swim? And he was like, oh, I, I sail. And I was like, I knew it. I knew that it had something to do with that. Mm -hmm. And so if you just listen really closely, it, it turns into almost a mystery of what you can guess. And people love to be seen and understood. And if you can guess and get them to talk about something that's in their life, they're very attracted to you. And it also takes that focus away from me having to figure out what to say next. Of course, later, once I opened up the floodgates, now you can't shut me up. I'm barely listening at all. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's partially true. But I can say you can turn it into a game by specifically listening to what words people are using because they're not there by accident. They're subconscious cues into what their true deep interests are. Mm -hmm. And the way to be interesting is to be interested. I think I read that on a mug, but mm -hmm. it's true. Mm -hmm. It is true. And I find the same uh, as soon as, you know, as soon as I kind of got over myself and worrying about, I, I mean, I say that and a little bit jokingly, but truly I had to get over myself as far as yeah, like, oh, they're not going to like me. Um, and I can make that tone now. <laughs> it was very real back in the day. But um, yeah, so as soon as I got over like worrying about what this other person was going to think or feel or do, and just really focus on what do I want to get? What do I want here in this situation? And and I want to maybe connect with this person or, or whatever. Um, I too found the best way that you can really do that is to be a, is to be a good listener. And um, it actually works out for me because I don't really especially as I said in the beginning, I don't really need to talk a lot. <laughs> so it's, it, I found just listening and just trying to key in on, you know, finding those commonalities. So letting someone just kind of discuss the things that are, are, are interesting to them and then finding those commonalities to connect with. Uh, that has been really helpful for me in beginning to 
and beginning to build a friendship or a relationship with someone. Because I'll tell you, the other piece that goes along with that for me is how much they're willing to, you know, I've been listening and, and interjecting and whatever. Uh, but then also I can quickly tell <laughs> how much they're willing to listen back is a huge indicator of whether or not we're going to be friends because <laughs> I don't need to talk a lot, but I do need to be a part of the interaction. And so if it's just me constantly listening and not really being able to get anything in, then that that's informative as well and helps me kind of see where I should be, you know, am I going to spend my time on and cultivating this anymore or further? And I think that's another really interesting thing to bring up that I didn't occur to me when I was trying to make friends. I've, when I first tried to actively make more friends, I, I treated it like a job interview where, and this is how I went on job interviews. I would just do whatever it would took to get the job and never once considering even dating never once considering do i want this job do i want to date this guy do i want to be friends with you mm -hmm. and i think after a certain point once you get over the how do i make friends the how do i pick friends it becomes a very important topic and that mm -hmm. i mean like a very important thing to consider and it's also something where you should allow the time it takes to make friends to happen slowly because be very be very wary of the what somebody calls the trauma bond or the sudden immediate we're best friends for life mm -hmm. right away after one meeting kind of thing. Sometimes I'm sure it works out well, mm -hmm. but a lot of times there's a reason why there was no one in their life mm -hmm. at the time. And there's a reason why like suddenly on the first meeting, somebody's telling you all their deepest, darkest secrets. Now, sometimes it could just be that they are going through a really traumatic time while you meet them. I remember distinctly sometimes I may have overshared about the death of my father around the time when my dad died, when somebody showed a willingness to listen. Hmm. And I realized later like, Oh, ah. but it was just, there was just so much of that happening in my, in my heart that I had not expressed that there was just no way I could avoid it. And, you know, conversely, I'd never heard from said person again, because <laughs> that was just a little much to take on and, you know, conversation. They were willing to in that moment, but it was sort of like, whoa, way, way more of an overshare. So sometimes people will do that. The big one, I think, even more so than grief of somebody who died is the grief of a loss of a marriage. Mm. It's the, I'm on a first date with this guy and this whole date, he's just been raging about his ex-wife mm -hmm. or soon to be ex-wife. And it's like, too soon, too soon. We mm -hmm. won't be going out again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. So I do think it's important. That's, that's such a good, such an important point. That it's not just about how to make friends, it's how to choose your friends wisely. You know, mm -hmm. that's a, actually, it's not, that's a key component of making friends is mm -hmm. choosing the people you want to know. And sometimes they won't want to know you back and it's going to hurt. But a lot of times you'd be surprised at how if you take things slowly, you just get to know more and more people over time. And it can be very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Well, absolutely. I do, you know think you're just talking about that sense of discernment and am I 
is this a relationship that I want to even cultivate or even go farther? I agree with you. It, it's helpful to really take that uh, approach slowly and, and really look, you know, for yourself, look at what is it that you are, ex- your expectations as well. I think early, uh, you know, especially in those uh, late teen, early 20s, I would still have that kind of childlike sense that, okay, now I know this person and that just means we're going to be friends forever. And that's just not realistic. It, it It's just not. And I had a lot of disappointment when I had higher expectations for a relationship than maybe the other individual did. And that's and I would be upset with that person, but ultimately, um, I don't know that I don't know that that place that was you know that that was well placed. I guess uh, disappointment because you know everybody's going to approach things differently, and unless there's been an explicit conversation, which there rarely is, about how this is going to go. Um, it just, it is what it is. And maybe that, that relationship just wasn't going to work out. So I think the lesson that I learned from that, which has actually really been helpful for me to maintain relationships and not feel a disparity in, I don't uh, like a disparity in effort or connection, I think, is coming to recognize, okay, what is this friendship or what is this relationship? Because maybe you're like, I was feeling a little bit like, oh, so-and-so is not really like in it, or they're not like paying attention. And when I'm talking about certain things and sometimes, and a few times I've just had to recognize that's just who that person is. And I have to decide, is that okay? Um, so do I approach it now? Okay, I just know that this, you know, this friendship isn't maybe as, as close or as deep as I thought it was. So I either decide, okay, we're going to, I'm going to just let that go, right? Or I know that I'm going to go into it on my end with that information and proceed in a way that's, um, that is more fulfilling for me because I don't, I, maybe I'm cut not, I guess, because I'm cutting, pulling back a little bit or, or kind of putting in what I'm getting back so that I'm not constantly disappointed uh, or feeling, um, yeah, disappointed, I think is the right word for that in that relationship. And to me, that's been really helpful, not just in making friends, uh, but also maintaining friendships uh, that, as you said, are just going to change over time. Absolutely. And I do think that's a really important point is to embrace friendships of all different kinds of levels. You know, I think I have um, some deep friendships that have like ebbed and flowed over the years. There was a period of time when you and I didn't talk for a long time and Mm -hmm. then we reconnected again. And that's just sometimes how life works. People get busy, um, you know, new careers are started, kids are a certain age. And I used to take all that stuff incredibly personally Mm -hmm. until I realized, you know, that's not necessary. Things can ebb, things can flow. And I can enjoy that. Also, there's some people, I used to do this thing where I would get to know somebody. 
and I would, they call it imbuing them with magical qualities. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're the new person. So everything about them is great until inevitably they become human. Mm-hmm. And I find that incredibly disappointing. How dare you <laughs> be actually human with faults and flaws like me. I decided you were fantastic and everything great. And I think one of the important things is there's also be, is to just learn to get to know people slowly. Don't assume you know them. Mm. And also just because you have a few things in common doesn't mean mm. they're exactly like you, which is like these jumps that I used to make with dates in particular, but I have done it with friends. And then also acknowledge like, um, you know, my friend Chris and I would go to, you know, when things weren't shut down every Thursday, every Thursday, we would talk for like five and seven hours at Denny's. We just diner Thursdays. And they knew us at our Denny's. Mm-hmm. Like they knew us. We tipped big. We tipped as if we were three different tables. Do you know what I'm saying? Because we were there <laughs> so long. And um, my budget, I've saved a lot of money. It's <laughs> Denny's is cheap, but not when you tip like we do. But anyways, uh-huh. I can see Chris on a weekly. I can talk to you on a weekly. I can talk to my sister on a daily. There are people that I'm friends with that I realized they're not a weekly or daily friend. The rotation is longer because if I spend four days in a row talking to them, I will start to, their quirks and personalities will start to hit my quirks in personality mm-hmm. and I will start to dislike them greatly disproportionately to what is happening. It's just, we're not, we're more quarterly friends, Brianna, or <laughs> annual friends, mm-hmm. or I haven't seen you in years. I'm glad we've forgotten the things that annoy each other, friends. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? But, and I'm using friends in a very Hollywood sense of the word. But still, I can still enjoy those relationships because every once in a while you're standing at a party, they're the only person you know. And that's perfectly fine. I used to think that was too shallow. But the truth of the matter is, it is what it is. And I can either choose to enjoy it or choose to decide that I only want deep friendships. There's only so much time. And, and then when that person's unavailable, Never have anybody to eat with or talk to at a meal if, you know, you, you know, you're in Wisconsin and Chris can't show up. Like, what am I going to do? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, right. I mean, I think that those kind of deep relationships, they take a lot of energy and a lot of time. And for me, it, it would be unrealistic to think that I could do that on a large scale, I think, uh, <laughs> I mean, I know me and I just, I just don't, I don't have that. And maybe some people do and more power to them. I think that's great. But I know for me, I'd rather have a, you know, for me, what's worked is to have a small group of, you know, that kind of deeper relationship, but still have connections to others. I think, you know, you you talked about and you've talked about before as well like what does that word friend even mean and i think obviously it's going to mean different things to different people but i think that it it's it's a gradient right it's a it's there are different levels of friendship and i i like you used to think everybody had to be like deep friendship and that's all like you know that's all i had time for that's all i could do and what i recognize now is that's just not the case i want to be connected i want to 
I want to, like I said before, I want to know and meet and know interesting people. And whether that's, you know, whether that makes them, whether they're a quarterly friend or an annual friend, um, I think I'm grateful for the connection. And I am, you know, regardless of, you know, kind of what level of friendship that is or, or how you call that, I'm always excited to get somebody's text. I mean, you and I have our friend who texts out of the blue. <laughs> He'll just text us like once every year and a half or something. And I swear every time I get it, I am so excited. And then I'll do a quick text back and you know what, we'll hear from one another in another year and a half. And I love that. I I still consider that friendship um, because it, it is what it is and it works uh f- it works for us and I'm I'm just fine with that. Yes, and it, and it could be a lot of fun. It's uh, I will say it's one of the fun things about being a comedian is that you meet so many different people and I've been in the lobby of the improv in Melrose, you know, on Melrose in Hollywood and ran into a comedian that I met in Davie, Florida, which is just so far away. Mm-hmm. And for the night, you guys are reconnecting and you're talking and it's, and it's really fun. And it's sort of like being a member of the lo- of a lodge, which by the way, I knew I was in lockdown too long when I was like, maybe I'll join a lodge when I get back. It's like, <laughs> no, you're not. You're, you're going to do comedy. My dad was in the Elks Lodge and that's how he made a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. And so there are places like lodges that you can join and different places you can go. And one of the coolest things, like one of the things that used to get in the way for me of making friends when I was younger, and I really do feel like it's a valid place to be. A lot of people were like, you just think you don't have anything in common. No, I felt really strange and very out of place at my high school. And at my middle school, I was bullied a lot. And I just didn't have as much in common with other kids. I didn't think the way they thought. I didn't understand what they were doing. A lot of their interactions were very dramatic and I was very sensitive and I just felt really weird. And I think one of the things that helped me, and I know this sounds strange, but it, particularly if you're younger, but actually it even helped me once when I was at a poker tournament, kind of advertise for what you like. If you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, then wear a Buffy the Vampire Slayer t-shirt and try to go around for a couple of days and not find another Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. Like they're going to be like, nice shirt. They're mm-hmm. going to immediately talk to you. And so if you wear your favorite band t-shirt or you wear the jersey for the team you love, it's a good way of attracting people who are into the thing that you're into. And sometimes, especially if you're not particularly outgoing, you can do that with some clothes. You can do that with a haircut. You can identify who you are so that you can attract somebody else. Another way to do it is like if you're at a party and you see someone on the edge, kind of like you are just standing there, that's your person. Like just go sidling up to them and make a comment about the dip, whatever it is. If you can see someone who feels like out of place in this particular environment, you can bond on being both feeling out of place. Because I do find that when I go places or like when I was in a high school or at a college or was somewhere where I felt really different and really out of place. I thought 
it would be hard for me to make friends. And it wasn't until I started to just look for someone else who looked out of place too. It was actually easier to make friends with them because mm -hmm. we both didn't have anybody else to turn to. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's sort of, and it sort of, and you can really, uh, you know, strike up a friendship with someone like that. So if you're feeling out of place, look for other people out of place. And if you don't know how to approach people, start advertising the things that you're really into because if somebody else is into it, they're going to talk about your shirt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love the, the shirt idea or, <laughs> you know, whether it's a shirt or whatever, just I like the idea of advertising what you're into. I think that's awesome. Um, and it makes me think of, uh, I am in Wisconsin and so the Packers are huge. <laughs> And they you'll are. never see a quicker conversation started than when someone sees, I've been in California <laughs> with uh, my friend who uh, had a Packer shirt on and just random people will come up and start talking to, have come up and started talking to us about uh, the Packers, which I think is great. But, and, and very much to your point, yes, you can just have something on that would be something that could start up a conversation. I think uh, one of the things, too, I would uh, put out there then as far as what can help um, when you're trying to build relationships or um, or make friends is uh, just figuring out what you bring to the table. I think it's really important if a relationship is going to be successful and fulfilling for both parties, uh, it has to be reciprocal. So it you know, it can't just be what you're getting, or I'll speak for myself, it can't just be about what I get from this relationship, but what do I bring to the table? And I found when I kind of made that mental list or like recognize what my strengths are as a, an individual, um, it gave me confidence to say, hey, I've got something here. I think that people would want uh, to be, you know, someone that people would want to be friends with. And as you've said, and if not, that's fine. It doesn't feel good always, but that's okay. But I know, uh, like, I know if I got into a friendship or um, even like the unacquaintance kind of situation, I know I can hold up my end of the deal. And I think it's really important, uh, or it has been helpful and very important for me to recognize that. So in particular, if things don't work out, obviously reflect on maybe why that is. And is there something, you know, about me? And if there is really look at that, but most often it's just not a fit or it's just not a match and that's fine. Uh, but going into it, if I know what I bring to the table, I feel like I'm much more confident in either like sidling up to someone at the, the dip table, as you <laughs> said at a party, or um, just reaching out to maybe. Um, so one of the ways I've noticed I've made friends, especially over the years, uh, the last few years is um, kind of getting introduced uh, by a mutual friend and finding that um, I have something in common with this other person. And so just reaching out to say, hey, we met when we were at such and such a workshop or class or party or whatever. Um, and then just kind of striking it up that way. And I can do that now. Never could have done that 
you know, in my younger years, but I can do that now because I know what I'm, I know what I'm bringing. I love that. I, it took me a while to realize that one of the options I could give people, there was like a comedian and we both had a lot of the same interests. I noticed like I just ran into her at, we just both went and saw the same comedy show, like an old school comedian was doing a set somewhere and both of us, I guess, had driven really far and I was going to the second show while she was coming out of the first show. And then it turned out she liked old movies. And I remember one day I just called her and said, or I sent her a message or whatever and said, Hey, I know you're on the road a lot, but if you're ever in town and you just want to, you know, if you have a list of people, you're like, God, I want to just go to a movie or just hang out or something, you know, feel free to just put me on that list. And if I'm around, I'd love to kick it with you. Um, and she wrote me back and she's like, look at you just putting it out there. Uh, I'm free on Tuesday. You want to, I was like, yeah, I'm there. I'm free on Tuesday too. I just realized that her schedule and my schedule um, linked up and we had some similar interests. And by putting it out in the, you know, put me on the list of people, I wasn't saying, hey, I'm going to wait. Because I used to always be afraid of doing that because then the one time they call is when I'm busy and I feel like, oh no, I've got to drop everything. If I just say... Mm -hmm. You know, some, mostly I'm available on these days and, you know, if you're available one of those days, you know, you know, feel free to give me a, you know, a ring. And you'd be surprised that like people will just randomly take you up on that and it can be really fun. And also just to have friends where you have like you both just enjoy talking about the same TV show or you both like I will say the thing about the Packers. I don't know any I know the Miami Dolphins because I'm from Florida mm -hmm. uh, and I met like some dolphins at like different Westinghouse picnics or whatnot. But I will say regarding Packer fans, um, nicest people. And even when mm -hmm. I tell people that I know that Packer fans are the nicest people, even people who know sports tell me it is. Because even when I was in the Weight Watchers forums, if somebody's signature said go Packers in it, I knew that they were going to give me all the advice and all the answers. <laughs> oh, yep. That's so a little... A little tip, if you're in a forum and you're looking for somebody friendly who knows how to get around, look for the Go Packers signature. I'm telling you, it works, especially if it's women. <laughs> you could say, so I heard somebody say that people who have Go Packers signatures said this, and they will actually go, yeah, that's true. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> and they will help you. Mm -hmm. They will help you. <laughs> oh. I love that. They're like goodwill ambassadors to the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think um, when you talk about being in forums and essentially being it virtual, um, that is a consideration, obviously, that we have to have now. Because one of my, um, my tips was going to be, you know, if you can't, you know, make that first kind of foray into light conversation, whether elevators talk, whatever I was going to say, well, you can just kind of just practice starting out like by smiling at people, you know, uh, which we can't really do now because of the masks. You can kind of <laughs> try to smile with your eyes, but it doesn't quite work the same. But um, I think it's important to note or to talk about, you know, our current situation does add a layer of complexity to it. But I, and I think uh, of course, we can still, there are still events that are happening virtually. Uh, we're still connect, you can still connect with people um, virtually or via Zoom and things like that. And and that's, that's, that works. 
Uh, but what I've noticed is it is a little bit harder because there's just something about sharing space with someone, particularly uh, as a friendship or a relationship uh, is kind of getting off the ground. So I just wanted to acknowledge that that's, that is a challenge that we have right now, but truly that won't last forever. Um, so, you know, thinking about if, if we're looking to kind of go into this new world, whatever it's going to look like, um, with a thought to making more connections and making more friendships, um, you know, just want people to think about think about that and how, how are like what we're bringing to the table, how we're going to maybe practice if we're not comfortable. And then um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is just identifying for yourself what gets in the way. I think you and I have both talked now about some things, particularly when we were younger, that maybe posed a barrier to creating um, cultivating new relationships or connections or friendships. Uh, so, um, I'm always a fan of self-reflection. So just identifying for yourself, what makes it tough is just another way to, you know, help you out and, and get you on that path to being able to, uh, connect more easily with others. Yes. Although I will say regarding virtual friends and not being in the same space with people as a person who spends, who has spent a lot of time overseas before this pandemic, where I, my sole way of being friends with people, because I was very sick and I was, you know, in a country where I was mostly just going to the doctors and I didn't have a lot of energy to go out. All of my relationships for a very long time were maintained virtually. And I made friends and actually improved my health in a thing called, we called the shredder sphere. And this is back when people had blogs. How I will say that virtual friendships for me and friendships over the telephone have been very rewarding and essential for me during this lockdown time. And I really do think going on places like Facebook groups, uh, Snapchat, uh, we, we just started doing Marco Polo, you and I, and I really enjoy that. Mm -hmm. There's a new app out there called Clubhouse, which is different rooms that you can have to talk to people. So you don't have to worry about the not being safe with the telephone numbers and of course, Zoom meetings. And there are even virtual like 12 step meetings and support groups that now meet online that also do um, telephone conference where you're not giving up your phone number that way either that you can dial into. And I think what's really great, especially if you've had trouble in the past making friends or you're just or just been too busy to make friends and and now we're coming back at it after being an adult or if you're young like I was as a teenager and you're just trying to figure out how to do it now that you're in college or now that you're working or now that you've moved or something like that one of the advantages to us being in a pandemic right now is that going virtual you don't get that rejection in person do you know what I mean? And you can always mm -hmm. have the out of, oh my God, my connection just went out. Like you could just leave. Do you know what I'm saying? And just pretend <laughs> like, oh, my modem surged. You can just, uh, my phone. There's all kinds of ways that you could just exit quickly. And now you're mm -hmm. not even in the room or space anymore. You know, because that's what I would do if I felt really like I made a fool of myself at a party. I'd just be like, and uh, I've got to go to the bathroom. And they just go right to my car. Um, 
Like we're done. We're done. We're done. We hung out in the, in the lobby of the improv. We forced ourselves to just, that's what I did. I was like, I'm going to go. I'm going to order one drink at the bar. I'm going to turn my back from the bar in the lobby of the improv. I'm going to drink this drink very, very slowly. And if I get to the bottom and I haven't talked to anybody, I get to just go home. I tried. I'm done. But every time I did it, by the time before the end of the drink, I was talking to somebody. Mm. But it's even easier virtually to get in a group like a Facebook group or, or you know, call into a support group of some kind and just start like making friends virtually uh, because you don't actually have to deal with the rejection as upfront. And mm-hmm. when you do meet somebody uh, that even if you just talk to them on the phone, I mean, you and I haven't seen each other in years, but I've got to tell you, us talking every week and um, has been very, very valuable for me mm-hmm. to maintain my sanity during this uh lockdown period and mm-hmm. i my sister has moved and um you know i've you know we've always been very close we shared a room for so many years we were so close the way i don't miss her as much is the telephone so mm-hmm. i really do think there's there's a lot of exciting opportunities to make friends, especially if you're in places like I was in, you know, a whole other country or you're sick like I was. The, it, the, a, lot, a lot of friendships can be had virtually, and it's definitely worth exploring. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Uh, and I appreciate that because uh, you're, you're right. Virtual, particularly now, has been a lifeline for a lot of people. And I think it's interesting that you talk about um, or, or, or mention uh, how we connect because we've just been doing it for so long this way that I don't even really notice that we're not in the same room. <laughs> so that's very interesting. Um <laughs> Yeah, I I think um, the the you know one other thing I think I'd like to bring and and I think we've talked about it a little bit here and there, um, but really wanting to say one thing that helped, uh, one thing that I had to come to terms with or come to realize is the only way a relationship was going to work or a friendship was going to work for me, um, in addition to the things that we've already talked about. Uh, but was also if it was only ever going to work if I could be myself. I found we were talking, you talked about it earlier when we were talking about that discernment piece and understanding if you really even want to be friends or be in a relationship with someone. That's really important. Because what I found is for a little while, I got into this situation where I was, um, not myself. I was, I was, um, and I don't really, I I wish I could even tell you how or why this happened, but I, I, I don't know where I just was kind of pretending to be someone else, or I was, um, muting certain characteristics of myself or like kind of pushing down certain things about myself, um, to be in a particular space or to, you know, try to cultivate or try to be in a relation, a friendship with someone or a relationship with someone. And, and what I found, of course, is that never 
worked and it took me a long time. Oh, you're laughing. Oh, yeah, I know this one. Oh, sure. This is all it, my dating life. Yeah. yeah. It took me a really long time to just like to understand why it wasn't working. Because of course I thought it was me and kind of it was, but not because there was anything wrong with me, but because I was not fully being able to be myself in those situations. Now I say that and fully recognize that we are different things to different people in different situations. So I recognize that how I am with you, how I am with my family, sometimes it's, it's mostly the same. Um, but obviously it's different, you know, there are parts of it that are different. And then certainly there are parts of that that are very different than how I am at work. So I understand we are going to we have variations on the same thing, I guess. Um, you know, inherently at the core, I am the same individual, but just how I play that out is going to be a little bit different in different situations and with different people. But I think what really led to me having fulfilling, sustained relationships was I had to show up and I had to show up fully. So if it was a relationship where I felt like I had to like mute a part of myself. Now I can recognize I'm not down for that at all, um, which is good. Uh, but it took me a while to like figure out like, why am I I always so miserable? Or why do I feel like, why do I feel like I'm not being heard or understood? And it's because I wasn't fully allowing myself to show up. I totally relate to this. I completely, for the problem for me was several, one, it was a lack of, it was a lack of confidence. It was a lack of feeling of self-worth. There's low self-esteem drove that for me a lot of the time. Also, I'd been bullied a lot. So I thought the way I was, was just not the way people preferred, you know, by evidence of the fact that they all did not get hurt and I did. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the way you are is weird. Like we prefer people who are good at kickball. Mm-hmm. You will be ostracized for life. Um, so, you know, my lack of sporty nature seemed to, you know, be loomed so much larger in school times. You know, and I just, for some reason thought, well, this is obvious. They can smell it on me. The lack of, you know, dodgeball prowess or whatever it is that got in the way of me, you know, blending. By the way, my sister, vicious dodgeball player, just vicious. Um, <laughs> she was always captain of everything. Um, so it was just sort of like, well, and my brother too was like, I'm the middle child. How did I end up like this? Like they're always on all that <laughs> long story longer. So one, there was this feeling of low self-esteem that got in the way of me being me in places. And so people... Even when I made some friends, they didn't even know me. Do you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I wasn't mm-hmm. even me. Part of that also stemmed from the fact that I didn't know me. So I didn't need to take some time to figure out what I was instead of just a giant weirdo, which is about the only thing that I felt reflected at me. And so that happened. And then one of the interesting things about just being able to sort of um, – 
let it all hang out is every once in a while you find yourself in a dynamic and my sister named it and was beautiful where you're making friends with somebody, but they want you to, and my sister called it be their Tonto. Hmm. And I don't know if you remember the Lone Ranger, but back then there was this really, really racist character called Tonto who never got any lines and hung out with the Lone Ranger and just basically said like me, like he didn't have any articles. He just me, Kimosabi. And he just basically rode around admiring the Lone Ranger's, you know, I don't know, Lone Rangeriness, right? Like he's having adventures and then he's just got this sidekick mm -hmm. and that's who you are. And every once in a while I would fall in these weird relationships where this person was grooming me to be their Tonto. And it's like, yo, yo, man, we're all, first of all, why does the Lone Ranger even have a Tonto? He should be alone. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and I'm like, no, we're, we we don't have to have this sort of weird buddy cop thing where I'm like this buddy cop that doesn't get any lines. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I'm not going to be your Tonto. I'm my own person. And it took me a long time to just sort of not let those people commandeer me into being you know, part of their weird duo. And I will say that every once in a while you will meet people, especially if, if you're learning how to make friends, it's almost like they can, they can smell it on you or something, you know, mm -hmm. like you're new, you know, and, and they're actually, it's not just you not being yourself. You're with somebody who's kind of actively suppressing who you are. And um, there's no point. Maybe there is some point with other people if you're good at fighting against it. But if you're me, you're just going to find people who are an easier fit for you. Don't mm -hmm. be the Tonto. Mm -hmm. Oh, the Tonto. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, that's really helpful because, you know, again, that sense of early on, uh, I think especially that I could see where that was happening um, and, and identifying that that's definitely not a role I wanted to be in. Um, I think for, you know, just one thing that has been really important for me to recognize, which seems like it should be, uh, or, or seems like it is a no brainer is just, um, one thing that's really helped me loosen up, help me connect is just, I recognizing that I just really want good things for people. And I want to be a kind person. And I don't mean just like a nice person. Cause to me, that has a little bit of a, I'm, I don't know if it's a negative connotation, but nice just feels like I'm not fully showing up, you know? Um, uh, but to be a kind and respectful person, that's like who I want to be. You know, that's a part of an, that's a part of my identity. And I feel like when I'm first meeting someone, if I can stay in that space, like the sense of, I just want what's best for people. I want to be a kind person. I want to be respectful and not get caught up in my head about whatever stories I may be telling myself, that has been so helpful in helping me chill out a little bit, helping me to get over myself uh, and just be in the space with this other person, these other people, particularly if it's a new one where I'm 
I don't know anyone or, or maybe only know one or two other people. Just keeping, keeping the focus on that has really, I feel like, opened things up for me uh, as far as cultivating relationships and friendships and making connections. I like that. I have to confess that that is not how I approach people, although it's a really great <laughs> idea. I think maybe I should take that on. Uh, I was like, well, what do I do? That's kind of like that. I think the one thing I've got going on when I meet new people is I'm always looking to figure out what's great about them. Like everybody's got something great about them that they mm -hmm. may secretly know or secretly wish somebody recognized or not even secretly, openly wish and openly know. Um, and I like figuring out what that is. And I'm pretty great at it. Uh, it's my superpower. Like I can understand, hey, you're really great at this. And if I can go at it with an appreciation for that, uh, with an appreciation for who they are, I find that, you know, they appreciate me back. Although sometimes I do have to make sure that I acknowledge that there are other things other than this great thing, because every once in a while it's like, they're a great thing, but they have an incredible drug habit, which means they will steal from you. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I have to uh, watch it like that, but I do find that, yeah, going in there, looking, looking for a way that you can be of service to the person that you're meeting can be a great way to make friends, it, be it from a place of kindness or from a place of recognition of who they are or whatever it is that somebody can know can meet from you. Because the hope of making friends and building relationships is that you live a life where you feel connected to people and you can reach out and you have someone to share your joy with and have people to share pain with and genuinely feel connected and engaged in your life. The problems that you can have with that is a fear of being rejected, feeling like you're different, uh, just maybe a habit of being alone or a habit of being with a different peer group, like being, you know, an only child or just feeling like you're not understood or that you aren't being heard. Uh, but the solutions can be to listen closely, uh, talk to people in enclosed spaces, show up in the same place over and over again, take the time uh, to discern who you want to be friends with once you've met people, embrace friendships of all levels, respond in kind, however somebody talks to you, respond to them with kindness, um, advertise what you're into, feel free to wear the jersey, wear the shirt, wear the, you know, put the poster up on the wall, uh, embrace virtual friendships with, you know, apps and uh, like Facebook and uh, Snapchat, Marco Polo, and the new um, Clubhouse app is a good one. And be yourself and show up fully so that people have an opportunity to get to know the real you as you get to know them so you can feel that genuine, um, that genuine connection. Oh, that is great. And it takes us right into the mission of the week. And so we've talked about quite a bit related to friendships, making friendships and connections and building those relationships. So this week's mission is a reflection mission. So reflect on what you're looking for uh, in a connection or a friendship, and then think about what it is that you bring to the table so that you can be very confident going into those new situations. And we would love to hear from you, your questions and perspectives on the topics we've discussed. You can email us at positiveviewpodcast at gmail.com. That's positiveview, V-I-E-W, podcast at gmail.com.
Yes, and on next week's episode, we're going to be talking about... I have no idea. It'll be a surprise next week. All right, so just tune in. New episodes are every Monday. Uh, don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to our podcast because it helps more people find us. And uh, that is your show for today. That is our show for today. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Christy Murphy. And I'm your other host, Brianna G. We'll talk soon. Thank you.